everyone, and welcome in to another episode of That's What Be Said. I'm your host, Bree, at Breezy Glee. I'm joined tonight by Meredith at MK on Sports. Hello, Meredith. Hello, Bree. We are happy again. I don't know why. We should not be happy, but we are because we have two very special guests tonight. You may know him, Mr. Ken Carmen of The Ken Carmen Show, and his wonderful wife, Liz, is joining the show as well. Hi, guys. Welcome in. Hi, Bree. Hi, how are you? <laughs> we are doing I well. I just thought Ken. of a really dark joke to say, and I was like, nah, you can't say that joke here. Don't say that dark joke. Now you I have mean, to say it. I mean, you could. I'm sorry. You could. Am I, be- am I being that loud? You're, you're talking so loud. I'm sorry. Am I being too loud? Brie, am I being too loud? I feel Meredith, like am I being... This is what I expected. But I like that Liz <laughs> is sorry. here to tone you down a little bit. I okay. know. I'm gonna need... We're going to have to have quiet. Liz on Sundays now soon. <laughs> yeah, well, you know. Sorry, that's an inside joke. I apologize. Uh, yeah. You're fine. You're fine. Um, I, I have to ask you a question. So, Liz, did you, were you dealing with Ken from home for like a good year and a half with COVID? Like you had to hear him be this loud all the time? Yeah, every morning he was doing the show from home. So I usually wake up around like 6.45 to get the kids ready for school. Um, but I would get my wake up call at like 5.59 a.m. Like, oh, no, and here we go. And I'm like, dear God. So oh when Ken God. wakes up at like two or three in the morning or whenever he wakes up, that doesn't wake you up? It's it's starting to be a concern to me because this uh, I don't mean to I, this is going to take a bit of a turn. I'm I'm getting to the point where I'm loud and I don't notice, so I know that my hearing is being impaired. And so, like, people are like, Jesus, Kenny, you are loud as hell. And I'm like, oh, I am? I didn't realize that. Like, oh, God. Like, I'm going to have, like, it's like, nope, going to have to get the ear implants at some point here. But, I feel uh, like anyone who works in radio, they, their hearing starts to fade sooner oh, rather God. than later. Did you ever hear, um, and this is, again, this is more inside stuff. Like, did you ever hear Steve Summers towards the end before he, like, before he retired, basically? No. He would, okay, Steve Summers, this legendary, uh, now I'm trying to keep it down, is this night host at WFAN in New York, and he had this amplifier in his headphones, and you could hear the feedback, and he never fixed it. He's like, oh, I can't no. hear the people talking, I don't know. <laughs> he is that oh deaf. And so I should be there, what, by the time I'm 40, is what it seems to be? Yeah, there we go. We got that going for us. So, yeah, looking forward to that. That'll be great. <laughs> Lots of things to look forward to. Well, um, I can already tell Liz is a, is a gem based on based on all of this. But, Ken, we love you. Everyone in Cleveland seems to love you. So we want to kick off the show asking you, how did you become so beloved in the Cleveland area? Because, as you know, uh, the media take a lot of hits uh on-air hosts uh beat writers our fan base is not friendly how do you do it can you share your secret i honestly it's i i just think it's because i don't block anybody (laughs) and like i don't and like i i I will this is terrible to admit i will mute people for us for a period of time and then like every now and then i'll go and i'll I don't know. I'll be sitting there at my desk or something like that. I'm like, all right, let's go through the list. I'm like, all right, this person got out of their system. Unmute. Like, come on. You're, you're better than that. You don't need to leave them muted forever. And I, I, I do think that it, while Twitter is, 
Twitter is a small percentage of what we do. I, uh, I do try to hear people out and I do, do try to let them understand that they are heard. And so I don't, I try not to talk down to anybody and that, in, in, you know, that can be tough every now and then because, you know, we're told stories of things that, you know, we're not really allowed to share with everybody. So there's certain stories of plays and certain stories of games where we can't tell um, what's going on. You know, that's there's some of the stuff that's privileged information, but the fans don't know that. And so I have to I have to walk a delicate balance of, you know, just because you're able to find out some information doesn't mean that you sit there and, and talk down to anybody. And I, I think that we've done a good job of holding back any of the ego of, I know this and you don't. So this is what you don't know, because that's not going to work. Uh, that doesn't work with the listener and that doesn't work with any of the bronze fans out there. So, you know, it's, it's, and, and that's goes for Cavs and, and the guardians as well. Uh, it's a, uh, it's a thing where you at least you try to find a common ground and, uh, that's something I'm always trying to do. And so if I'm always trying to find a common ground, I think that people at least respect that I'm making that effort. And so they tend to give me a little bit more leeway than some of the others. That's so important though, because I do feel like there are people and I'm not necessarily talking about media people, but like even just, you know, random Joe Schmo on Twitter who watches a lot of football and does have a, a decent understanding of how it works. They feel like they know more than everybody else. And they'll mm-hmm. try to make it known that they know more than any than everybody else. When in reality, they're seeing what everybody else is seeing. And it just, mm-hmm. I don't think it's a good look. So I just, I love that you do that, Ken. Well, you're right. I, I, I tell you what, there's a lot of folks. And I, I, I brought this up. We, so we went to an Iowa State game. And, you know, our Lyman and I, our buddy, his brother is the head coach at Iowa State. And so we, we get good seats, the whole thing, it's great. It's a fantastic time. And so I'll sit there and I'll listen to some of these coaches and I'll just sit there and I'll listen to them. And it's made me watch the game differently from the normal fans. So I, I always look at it like this. 98% of fans watch it one way. And then I watch it, try to watch it in the 1% in the middle of it. And then there's the 99th percentile that watches it or the 100 percentile that watches it like a coach. And so what I what what I'm trying to do is I'm trying to provide a conduit here going, okay, I can't sit there just because I've been given some privileged information and talk down to anybody just because it's like there's a pattern here, there's a rhyme, there's a reason to this. You know, most of us just watch a football game. And this is football. I you know, the other sports are different. But with football, I think that you're watching the game a little bit differently in the terms of there's a pattern to it, there's a, there's a story to it almost about how you unlock certain plays and you move on. And so it's like, okay, I can't act like that all the time because that's just going to rub people the wrong way. People want to feel validated. They have thoughts too. And so it's how do I let them get their thoughts in without, honestly, not being a jerk, not being a jerk about that even when somebody's wrong. Yeah, I think that's great. Ken, did you did you play football growing up? Yeah, not very well, though. No, well, that's okay. I mean, <laughs> define not very well. <laughs> Oh, not very well at all. I, I, I uh, it, it's, it's embarrassing to say I, di- I didn't know my plays very well. Um, they invited me to talk to my old high school football team. I couldn't do it uh, just because of scheduling. And it's weird. My, my buddy who coaches my old high school football team now, and he played at Pitt. He gave me rides, things like that. And I said, gosh, if I would have known now what I know then, or if I'd have known then what I know now, 
it, it might have been smooth sailing. I, I didn't know the game. It was just immaturity. It, it, I just didn't know. And I, 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 I'm embarrassed to say this. I've said that to my son. You know, I, I, I posted a picture last week. He got, he got done playing flag football, and he goes, did you get a medal? And I said, no. And he said, oh, that's because you weren't very good at sports. Like, he was, he was not taking a swing. He was dead serious. And I go, yeah, that's true, because I've told him, I said, I just need you to try. I wasn't very good. I tell him all the time, like, I wasn't very good, Axel. I didn't start. I didn't play. I didn't get to play that much. I got to play just because I tried uh, my senior year, but that's it. I was not a good athlete, and I'm not going to pretend to be. What position, Ken? Uh, defensive line, offensive line. Okay, yeah. well, Browns could use you on the <laughs> offensive well, I'm, feel, I'm feeling old now. All of a sudden, I'm 35, and I'm like, yeah, they could have used me seven years ago. Now I'm... <laughs> I'm uh, oh, I... I don't know. Well, three out again, there, I'm, see what you I'm can making do. a joke, obviously, but no, it's uh, I took the kids trick or treat, and I woke up this morning. I'm like, man, I am beat up. I'm beat up from just taking the kids <laughs> trick or treat. I was about to say, Ken, Ken's gonna walk into <sighs> Berea on Wednesday and be like, hey, coach, can I <sighs> can I run a few drills for you? <laughs> uh, I'm gonna ask I'm gonna ask Liz this question. So Axel, your son is playing football. So knowing what you know through Ken, how do you feel about your kids getting involved in sports so young? I think it's good. I mean, especially socially, they learn to be part of a team. They learn to follow simple rules. I think it's really good for them. I can't go to every single game. Like I would like to, but he has so much fun and he's making friends. And at this age, it's all that matters. Like to me, that's all that matters. Is he proud of his dad being the coach? Um, Remember, I'm only the assistant. <laughs> that was a very long pause. That was a very long he's pause. The, he is the assistant. And I think, um, yeah, I think he's excited that he sees his dad out there, like, helping all of his friends. And even my girlfriends who have kids, they're like, oh, my gosh, like, Ken is such a good coach. He's so good with all of these kids. And I'm like, oh, that's nice. <laughs> I didn't know they said that. I'm sorry. Yeah, Lane told me that. <laughs> They also said you're very loud. I'm very loud. I'm sorry. <laughs> That's true. Football yeah. guy. Football guy, Ken yeah. Carmen. I was going to say, so flag football, um, my son has played flag football as well. He was only, oh gosh, he was three. That was a horrible oh. idea. Horrible parenting decision oh. to send my three-year-old to play flag football. I mean, at that point, he was really just, he was spinning right. in circles. I don't even think he ran. Um, so we have not done it since then. But, like, what kind of plays are you drawing up? I mean, there are, there are some teams that get really serious about flag football. I did I did the defense. Okay. And the only time I got frustrated is, and I can't throw the guy under the bus because he was so, like, so the way it went down, they called, he called me up. He was the t-ball coach. And he called me up and he's like, hey. And I was like, yeah. And he said, they made you the head coach of this flag team. I said, no, they didn't. I thought he was messing with me. He goes, no, they did. I said, I said assistant coach. He said, yeah, but they know that I work at 92.3. Or they, they're like, they know you work at 92.3. They're like, ah, Ken will be fine. Ken's a head coach. And I'm like, I cannot be the head coach. Like, I already said, like, the third, like, last week during, before the Denver game, like, there, I couldn't make it to practice. I couldn't do it. Monday, went, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, couldn't do it. And so he was the head coach, and the only thing I got upset about was I was like, hey, 
stop telling kids to go in and out. I don't know where they're at. So I'm yelling at these six-year-old kids and I'm louder than all the other dads. And so like, I guarantee there's parents on there going, Ooh, Oh geez. Oh, he's, he's yelling. I'm like, I, I'm only allowed to have seven on at a time. I don't know who's coming off and coming on. I need to know who's coming off and coming on the field. Other than that, everything's been seamless. Do Everything kids, was great this year. Do the kids have uh, numbers on their jerseys so you can just call them out by number? They got the old football jerseys from the JV squad of like the middle school, I guess. So they're like pretty nice jerseys. But it, I, I talked to, I talked to about six high school football coaches this year. I'm like, hey man, what do I do? And they're like, just make sure they have fun. The only thing you can do is make like. Don't take it too seriously. Even I was like, I was like, what about like winning and stuff? He's like, honestly, no, don't do that. Like, and I mean, all six of them were sitting there going, don't do that. Like they, they just want them to play, be able to play and, and move up through the ranks and kind of play high school. That's their only goal. And so it's like, they basically said like, <laughs> it, it sounds terrible, but they were like, dad's like, you screw it up. And then they quit football by the time they get here. And so just don't screw it up. Make sure they have fun and we'll take care of the rest. And so that's, that's what we try to do. Though. That's yeah. a lot of pressure to have yeah. someone be like, don't screw it up. Yeah. Well, it's, well, they're just like, basically the only way you can screw it up is if they don't have fun and they quit. Yeah. Yeah. But so. I, I will say like, it's tough. What I've noticed, there are some kids that are really competitive. And then there are some kids that are just like, I'm here to like socialize and have fun. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's tough because they're just, there's so many different personalities that, when you're coaching that, you know, you have to try to find the balance between the really competitive kid that wants to play to win, even that young. And then the other kids that are kind of like, I'm just here yeah. to show up and have fun. What I did notice is they don't, this is going to sound like I'm an old man and I, I don't mean to sound like this. They don't watch football the way we watch football. They have so many different things that they can be interested in. And yes. so they like, they like the Browns, but like, even when I was six, Bernie, you know, in Bernie, good God, Bernie was about to go to the Cowboys at that time. It's like Bernie, Leroy Horde, Eric Turner, those guys. I'm like, I could tell you favorite players um, because of my dad, Dan Marino, like that type of thing. And now I'm like, who's your favorite Browns player? And like one said, Nick Chubb. And the other one's like, eh, I like the Browns. I'm like, I'm like, I did tell the parents, I was like, hey, just turn on a half if you can, just so they kind of know what's going on out there and they can kind of emulate what's going on out there. And that seemed to help, actually. That did seem to help with them. Good. So I have, I have two little nephews in the Cleveland area here. Uh, one of them, um, and I haven't seen them in a while just because of COVID and everything else going on, but one of them always said Baker Mayfield was his favorite. The other one said OBJ was his favorite. And my little mm. nephew that loves Baker, <laughs> uh, when I was going to his flag football games about a year ago, um, he he's very gifted athletically. He's very fast. He's a little bit bigger than the other kids at this yeah. age. And they're in their flag football. And he had a tendency to find the end zone every time he got his hands on the football. <laughs> so when the coach would change up the plays, so somebody else is playing quarterback and somebody else is doing this and he didn't get the ball and he was getting really frustrated because he was like, we would have scored there if I had the ball. And it's like, yeah, Elliot, mm. we know, we know, but you, you understand everyone has to have a chance. So 
Like he, because he he does watch uh, a little bit of the Browns on Sunday, so he I think he wants to be Baker Mayfield. <laughs> yeah, that was one of the things that we had to we had to kind of know. So like we have one kid. I mean, God, he runs like Eric Dickerson, and I'm like, man, I was like, just hand him the ball, we'll be fine. It's like, nah, everybody's got to get involved. Everybody's got to have a chance. Trey, yes, yeah, Trey's the best, and like he is, like he it, he looks. I mean, I'm serious. He looks like Eric Dickerson, like the, the, the legs, everything. And I'm like, man, we just hand him the ball, but it, that ain't it. Like even Axel, Axel got to run the ball. What did he do? That was at the one he, what he, he ran backwards at first. He gained three <laughs> yards. He ran backwards though, right? They all run backwards. Yeah. Like as soon as they get oh, yeah. they see kids coming yes. at them and they just turn around and run the opposite direction. Yes. Which, I mean, it makes sense. Like if I see 18 kids running after me, I'm mm-hmm. like, all right, I'm not going there. It's true. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, Axel, Axel got the ball and there was the week, you know, we had personal reasons we couldn't be there. Um, it was the week that Axel had to miss practice, of course. And then he gets the ball during this game and he turns around and runs the other way. <laughs> and we're yelling, no, the other way. And he actually, he was able to gain three yards. So I was happy about that. But yeah, it's just, hey, as, as long as they're happy at the end and they want to play the next year, that's the only thing I guess we're supposed to focus on. And and I'm happy with that. That's a good goal. I want them to be able to enjoy the game the way I was able to enjoy the game. Well, speaking of enjoying games this is a really bad transition do you want to talk about the Steelers game on Sunday we have to oh god we have to <laughs> <clears throat> I'd rather talk about Liz's experience during this stuff where I just I because I'm not as loud as I was last I would year, was love I? to know this I would love to know from Liz's perspective how Ken is after these games particularly lost I mean Sunday was bad Sunday was really bad Ken, what was your state of mind? But I want to know from Liz's perspective, Ken's state of mind. He what, he gets very quiet. Usually I can tell how the Browns are doing, if he's being loud in his office or if it's just like dead silence. And it, I did not hear a peep from you at oh, all no. yesterday. Wow. And then he came up and he was like, Browns lost. I'm like, okay, well, our kids have to go trick-or-treating. So it's time <laughs> to move on. I know. Wasn't that just... <laughs> salt in the wound yesterday was like now we have to go put on happy face that is the best time for them to lose like i wish they played any other team and if they had to lose like i wish they played (laughs) any other team and lost before trick-or-treating because trick-or-treat's fun and so it's like all right and then i'm like man like there were some neighbors and there was a couple of neighbors wearing like pittsburgh steelers hoodies and i'm like bet you're having a great day this is great glad for you this is great hate your guts (laughs) Really hate it. Want to burn your house down. So, but yeah, great. Fantastic. <laughs> awesome. Congratulations. I have to share a story. So, um, you know, we're in the Youngstown area. And I know Liz is very familiar with this. But it's very split down the middle of of Cleveland Browns fans, Steelers fans. Because we're right on the border. And there's a lot of Steelers fans in my neighborhood. And so my kids were trick-or-treating. And one of the little boys was dressed as OBJ, of course. Um, and he goes up to this house to go get candy and it's a bunch of Steelers fans. So of course, you know, they make the, we don't pass candy out to Browns fans. And, you know, I'm, (gasps) I'm standing and they're joking. They're children. Yes. These are five and six year olds. And so my son and his little OBJ friend, they start doing the, here we go brownies chant. 
they had zero they gave zero f's and so then they like these adults though were still like sorry we're we don't do this to browns fans and they were like you guys lost today and and my son was just he was like i don't care that we lost today i was like all right well at least you're building up a um a tough skin here because you're probably gonna go through this quite a bit um, but I actually saw there were some people that did not want to hand out candy after yesterday's yesterday's loss. If you oh can believe gosh. that, it's absurd. If if I could have handed out candy, I absolutely would. Now I can't because I live in an apartment complex and our building is locked. You need a code to get in, so obviously we can't do trick or treaters. But I was driving home from the stadium yesterday and I was seeing parents and their kids walking around the neighborhood because there's a bunch of houses um around and i just they were so adorable and i was like i want to hand out candy i can't just buy candy and hand it out to yourself (laughs) i I went to walgreens today and i got um half off halloween themed m&ms so (laughs) i did i got the i got the discounted halloween candy today but that's the one thing that i don't like about living in an apartment complex is just not being able to hand out candy because i love doing it my parents neighborhood they get really really into halloween the the neighborhood actually shares a property line with a cemetery and for that reason alone everybody in the neighborhood gets super into halloween like crazy into it my mom sends me pictures of the neighbors every year like i guess last year they had a bunch of skeletons set up with masks on and they were all six feet apart. And it was hilarious. Um, but yeah, they they go all out decorating. They hand out all the candy. I loved doing that. Um, I would go back to my parents' house when I was living in D.C. And after I had moved out, I would still go home to my parents' house on Halloween to hand out candy. Liz, you did the first trick or treat in Ridgeville, didn't you? I went to like four houses. That's right. Cause that was it. Axel was Ballin is and Eli was a baby. Eli was a baby. Axel was a dinosaur. Yeah, he was like. <laughs> and he was upset. Yeah, he was upset. I was pregnant with our third, so I was. Were you? Yeah, I was very sick. That time all runs together. Yeah, I know. I remember I handed out candy, and that was the only time. I, that's the one time I handed out candy. That's the only time. Everything else, I've been, yeah. I've been on the road with the boys. Right. Yeah. But Let's... we have fun passing out candy. Me and my neighbor, yeah. uh, Lane, we're all really close in the cul-de-sac. So we set out a table and we had cocktails and we sat and passed out candy together. So it was we had a lot of that kids. was a lot more fun. We had a lot of kids. All right. I'm, I'm oh, coming yeah. to your house for Halloween next year. Yeah. I'm going to come with a bottle of liquor to make some cocktails and I'm going to hand out candy with you. Yeah, we yes. had, one of we our neighbors had, like, was handing out fireball shots. I was like, I'm I'm good. Like <laughs> we have a neighbor, yeah, we have a neighbor on the other side of the house or the uh this whole big allotment. Like it's it's this weird thing. Some of us pay HOA feeds and some of us don't. <laughs> We're one of the streets that don't. Lucky. Yeah. So we go over there. Oh yeah, oh yeah, hell yeah. So we go over there and um there's one house that does fireball shots and then what I need to buy more fireball? Were you guys doing fireball while you guys were Handing out candy? We, yes. We were also doing fireball <laughs> Because it was cold. It was. It was cold. I wouldn't change jackets. Yeah. It actually, it actually wasn't That's too right. bad um, where I am. I, I'm about uh, three quarters of a mile from the lake. Like, I don't live, I, I don't live mm. too okay. far inland. So it was actually about 60 degrees around sunset where I am. Yeah, well, it was really nice. nice. Yeah, that's not bad. 
You got a little cool out here last night. Which is yeah. like strange. So my dad grew up in Cleveland and he would tell me like when he was a kid, they would choose snow friendly Halloween costumes because he would talk about this area being just coated in snow. By the time Halloween rolled yeah. around, I was like, no, it's like 60 degrees right now. I don't know what you're talking about, old man. It was 1993, Mary. There, were... there was like eight inches of snow or yeah. something like wow. that. Wow. <coughs> there were a couple times. Yeah, there were a couple times. I remember I wore a, um, I was Frankenstein one year. And it started snowing real bad. I remember I was so, my mom made me put on a jacket. I had this great Frankenstein. <laughs> like I was Frankenstein. I looked good. And my mom's like, he got to put on a jacket. I'm like, I'm not putting on a jacket. She's like, it's way too cold. It's snowing out there. Uh, that year was like, yeah. I think I was in like second grade. So you were. We gra- we both graduated in 04. So we were both yeah. in, yeah. So it was, yeah, it was right before we moved to the house that my parents, well, my dad lives in now. So yeah, I was, I was Frankenstein one year. That was the coldest year. There were a couple, there were a couple of hot years. Um, I remember when I had to break the news to my dad that I wanted to trick or treat with just Aww. my buddies and not him. And it was sad as <laughs> hell. It was sad. Real sad. It was, damn it, I don't want to bring it up, I'll start crying Aww. here. Because I was, we were walking, and AJ, or my one neighbor, AJ, we were both, like, pulling wagons with our, our youngest. And um, he goes, well, in a couple of years, they can just go by themselves. <laughs> we're like, yeah, they can just go by themselves. We can just hand out candy, and we don't got to walk around the neighborhood and do, like, a baton death march here. And my dad was so sad when I told him, I was like, yeah, I'm just going to go with all the guys in the neighborhood. Sorry. And he was like, oh, Aww. okay, that's, that's fine. I'm going to cry right now. He was. He guilted the <laughs> hell out of me. He knew what he was doing. Cute cats in the cradle. Yeah. Very hairy, very hairy Chapin, except reverse. <laughs> go ahead. I'm sorry. We got very off into a tangent on Halloween because of the game. Um, gratefully so. Uh, Ken, we have to ask you, so... Obviously, you've seen this. This is your job. But the Browns are sitting at the bottom of the AFC North with a 34.6% chance to make the playoffs and 11.1% chance of winning the division. How did you anticipate the season? And what kind of grade would you give them at this point in time? Well, I thought they'd go 13-4. and four, So it doesn't Ooh. look like that's going to happen. Um, I think that the schedule is much better than I thought it was going to be. I thought the Raiders would be garbage. <laughs> Um, they're still winning games. Uh, I thought the I, I actually thought the I actually thought the Arizona Cardinals would be good. Um, that's one I I thought was going to be a toughie. But ah oh, gosh, I you know you know this is this is what's what's made it more difficult here is that I think he's playing severe severely injured and some people don't like it when I say this this way. He's short. He's not big. He's just a smaller body. You're talking about it's Baker Mayfield? Being... Yes, sorry. Baker is a smaller body. He's not... I'm not being mean-spirited. I'm not trying to take shots at him. I'm just trying to tell the truth. And he is not... If he were 6'5", if you're 6'5", and you're a bigger body and you're heavier, you can you can cheat a little bit. You know, look at Ben Roethlisberger's entire career. Ben Roethlisberger's been able to cheat his entire career. He's been injured... Uh, he's not been, been very good mechanically. He's been able to do some other things. Baker needs his whole body to throw. He needs to use that other shoulder to be able to whip his other, his throwing shoulder into rhythm to be able to deliver a football correctly. And if he's not able to do that, it's going to affect him deeply. 
And I think that that's one of the major problems. And some people go, Ken, you're using it. injury as an excuse. It's the truth. It's not an excuse. It's the truth to it. So it is, it hasn't derailed the season yet. They're four and four. But at the same time, it's it's put a major question in the season of what they're going to be. Cincinnati's a year ahead of what I thought they would be. I thought they would fire Zach Taylor after this year. They would get themselves a coach. They'd move on. And Joe Burrow would, would take Cincinnati and probably be one of the preeminent teams of the AFC with the Browns. Um, that's been a surprise. Pittsburgh, I thought Ben Roethlisberger would actually start off well. I'm surprised he struggled the way he has. He even struggled a little bit yesterday. Um, it, the schedule has been tougher than I thought it was going to be. And it still goes back to this, you guys, of are you going to play with expectation? You know, this is this is the problem that they had in 2019. And I, I, I wanted to blame everything on Freddie. But, you know, you got to be able to play with expectation. You're expected to be one of the top teams in the AFC. And I think you're afraid at times to be one of the top teams in the AFC. And I get mad. I, I do. I get frustrated. Not mad, but I get frustrated with Baker over it. Why does the chips always have to be down? You have to create your own motivation. It can't just be the media. You know, again, guys are not going to stop doing their radio shows because Baker Mayfield does this, that, or the other. You've got to have another motivation other than just what we're giving you. And they need to take that next step because they're having a big problem with that right now. And they need to be able to take their own motivation, be one of the teams that are one of the better-known teams in the AFC, and prove that they're one of the better teams in the AFC. Well, I'm glad you brought up Baker size because this is one of the things that I've been wondering is whether or not Kevin Stefanski is scheming necessarily for a smaller quarterback because you look at Kyler Murray, he's a small guy and he's doing an incredible job. Mm-hmm. And I'm trying to figure out, you know, like what's the difference between what Cliff Kingsbury is doing with Kyler Murray versus what Kevin Stefanski is doing with Baker Mayfield. And it's not that, you know, Baker Mayfield is small in compare comparison to your average man, but he is small compared to other NFL quarterbacks with the exception of Kyler Murray. And he is just flourishing in Arizona. Well, one can, I think that's a great question. One can run a four, three, the other one runs about a four, nine, four, eight. And there's a difference. I mean, one guy runs about as fast as a slow tight end slash defensive lineman. And the other one is got great speed and Kyle Kyler has great speed. Kyler's feet are always moving. He doesn't set up in the pocket. He can't set up in the pocket. He's he's so diminutive, he can't do it. Um, it closes, the pocket closes on him like a lotus. With Baker, Baker is actually big enough where he can slide up, slide left, slide right, slide up in the pocket. He can do that. I mean, he is, you know, people make the comparison with Drew Brees. He's Drew Brees' size. So he can do those sort of things. But as far as escapability... You don't have to respect that the way you have to respect it with Kyler. That's the difference to that. His feet are so good. Kyler's feet are so good. It helps him at his size. With Baker, he is not a track star. And people get upset. You know, they wanted to make, when he first got drafted, there were a couple of people who wanted to make the Johnny Manziel comparison. Johnny's faster. Johnny was faster. Johnny was a better runner than what Baker is. So Baker needs to rely on his arm. And again, I bring up the mechanics I bring up the shoulder. That shoulder, and say it's an excuse, fine. I'm just trying to say the truth. That shoulder really affects him because he needs to activate his hips. He needs to activate his arms. And he needs to bring that other shoulder across 
to be able to deliver a ball with the velocity the way he wants to and with the accuracy the way he wants to. Yeah, I'm glad you brought that up, though, because that always seemed to be one of Baker Mayfield's biggest threats is his accuracy, especially downfield throws, mm-hmm. which that seems to be non-existent these days. I, I um, think that I think part and, of that is just, again, I think the Kevin Stefanski scheming for a quarterback he knows that is injured. That, yeah. yeah, but okay, so Ken, should he be playing then? <laughs> We've wrestled with this a whole bunch. Um, I wanted to see Case Keenum against against Pittsburgh, not during the game. You know, they made their decision. They made yeah, their yeah, decision. Yeah. I would have went yep. with Case uh, because the shoulder. People go, well, it's not going to get better. A fracture can get better with time. A fracture can get better. The other part, he needs surgery, and he's going to get surgery at the end of the year. But the fracture that can just heal with rest. And to not do that, like, he is insistent. He's the franchise quarterback. I know he's tough. We all know he's tough. Um, I disagree with some of my contemporaries about the amount he talks about the injury. I really, really do. I think that he's asked about the injury. I have no problem with how much he talks about it. But I think that he's a guy that he is as every bit as insecure as any franchise quarterback has ever been. And somebody needs to make the decision going, no, you have to sit. I mean, this is the quintessential any given Sunday scenario, except he's younger. He's not old like uh, Dennis Quaid was. Like you, someone needs to make a decision. And I don't know who's going to make that decision. But now it seems that, okay, he's going to play and that's it. But I think that this week was the week to do it going, you were going to get correct. You were going to get healthy. We're going to move with Case Keenum here until you're ready to go. And then you'll be ready to go. And I think that they don't necessarily know how to handle this situation because he is, Baker is, in a lot of ways, he's very alpha. And it's very hard to tell him no when it comes to this. Somebody should have probably told him no before this Pittsburgh Steelers game. Do you think Baker is worried about getting Wally pipped? No. By Case Keenum, no. No. Okay. I think that he's... I think that he looks at the other players across the league. I think he looks at Josh Allen's forty-three million. I think he looks at. Mm-hmm. I, I think he even looks at Mahomes' money. That's what I think he's comparing himself to. I don't think he's worried about being taken over by Case Keenum. I don't think that that's. At least it shouldn't be one of those deals. I think he's looking at some of the big boys there. Yeah. Is he helping that case though? <laughs> <sighs> I know this is this is where it gets really tough and especially like Baker Mayfield he has obviously extremes on both sides there are people that will die on the Baker Mayfield hill forever and then you have the opposite who never thought he was good and pretty much want him to fail so that they can be right uh they're both very loud but it's very interesting just based on the fact that he it it is a pivotal year for Baker I mean it's his fourth year he's Mm -hmm. for the first time with a coaching staff consecutively, especially with Kevin Stefanski, and, and you're coming off an, of an 11-5 and five season, and he played really, really well. His best football, the back half of the year, and then you have all these variables this year with the injury and the inconsistencies, and I don't know. This is this has almost been, for me, more of a letdown than 2019 in some ways. It's weird. <sighs> well... 2019 was a bigger letdown because he, I know he got hurt in the Seattle game, but he was relatively healthy. He, he, he did not know how to conduct himself as a professional. 
Yeah. That will always be the biggest letdown. He's conducting himself as a professional now. Um, it's disappointing because of fate. Um, these things are never perfect. You know, I, I thought about this, and, and, and Jim Donovan brought it up earlier today. I thought, gosh, if, if it were just injuries, we could look at this as the 2020 uh, San Francisco 49ers. Jim said the same thing today. Um, but now, you know, you got some guys back. You got some guys healthy. Um, I, I think there's some I think there's some questions there. I think that this team still is just as a whole is insecure. And I don't know why. I don't know what, maybe it's a youth thing. Maybe it's the history. I don't know what it is, but they play against certain teams that have certain reputations and they, they just don't do what they're supposed to do. You know, the, the, the Kansas city week one, you should have won that game. Why are you afraid to win that game? The, the chargers, why are you afraid to win that game? You should have won that game. Arizona you got blown out. There's no, I can't, I can't make any argument against Arizona, but damn, I, I think that that's why the fans are so frustrated. And I've said this and they didn't want to believe me. These losses are worse than 2016 and 2017. You knew they weren't going to be good in those right. years. This team has expectation and they're not playing to that expectation. And that's what makes it so frustrating. So I want to ask one more football question. Cause I know we're you guys are on a time crunch. So I'm going to ask one more football question. And then we have a rapid fire for both of you. Good. Um, do you think that Alex Van Pelt should take over play calling duties not yet. during the game? Not yet. Not yet? Not okay. yet. Um, people are getting frustrated with, with Kevin Stefanski's answers in uh, press conferences. He's always been that way. That's the difference between winning and losing. You know, if, if the Philadelphia Eagles were 8-0 right now or whatever it is, people would love Nick Sirianni and talking about lotuses and flowers and and what, the, the roots? What was he talking about last week? The roots and, and, and winning and all that crap. Uh, since they weren't winning, people were upset. We attack messages or we love messages, depending on whether or not the team's winning or losing. We are so results-based in that. I don't think any of that matters. I think that Kevin, you know, people have started to, to email us to comment about how stoic he is. They say it reminds him of Pat Shermer. Again, if Pat Shermer would have won a bunch of games, it would have been fine with him. Uh, he is a guy who has to think about the next play. He's not going to sit there and react emotionally the way I will or some of the other coaches will. I, I don't think it's time yet, no. I do have okay. one more question for both Ken and Liz. It seems like every time I log on to Twitter, at least once a week, there is a Ken Carmen doppelganger. <laughs> Why do so many people look like you, Ken? And Liz, do you see these and does it creep you out a bit? I love it. I'm fine with it. I think it's hilarious. It's so funny. It's a, the one today was so inappropriate. Yeah, I don't and, know about that one. Wait, so what? Was, I missed today's. Oh, I sent it to I sent it to another person in media, and the, and Meredith knows who they are. I'm not going to say their name. They thought I was actually the person at the strip club. They go, "Oh my God, you got caught!" And I go, "No, that's not me. That looked exactly like it me." It did. No, I even take a minute. I was like, "All right, the ears are too small. He doesn't have a wedding ring on. I think the hair is too dark. He does not have that hoodie." Lima zoomed in. Lima zoomed in. We think the guy had a goatee. <laughs> We think the guy had like a little trashy goatee, and I was like, "But the face!" I was like, "Oh my god, that's me! Oh my god!" That was funny. Yeah, oh, yeah that's hilarious. I like it. So actually, I've hmm. Ke- 
Ken, I've never, I've never told you this story. Uh, I was at the gym maybe like two months ago and the TVs were on. I don't remember whether it was Bally Sports or if it was Channel 19, whatever. You had done a guest spot on a show. Okay. And uh, you came up on the TV and I looked up and I was like, oh, it's Ken Carmen. And then the dude next to me who was like filling up his water bottle was just like mesmerized. Like he was just staring at the TV. <laughs> And he couldn't look away. Like his water bottle was overflowing. There was getting, you know, water everywhere. And I was like, I was like, man, I was like, Ken Carmen has a stranglehold on the city of Cleveland. Cause there wasn't even sound on the TV. He just popped Good. up and this guy was mesmerized. Good. I got to take it while I can get it. <laughs> gotta take, I look like it. I really, I look like a cartoon character, so it's okay. I'm fine with that. Perfect. Um, all right, we'll get you guys out of here with some rapid fire so you guys can enjoy your pizza. Um, okay. Favorite beer on Tall Boy Friday? Liz? Um, probably something like fancy and girly, like a Stella or. Stella I do like Stella or I like one like little cider beer yeah. or something like that. Go ahead. Um,. It's rapid fire. So. I got I I used to get high life, <laughs> but high life or high life's a bit heavy on me, so I, I usually have a bush light. That's okay, or a Miller light, one of the two. Depends on the depends on the mood, yeah. Duncan or Starbucks? Duncan. Duncan. Oh, that was a quick one. Good answer. When will you guys start decorating for Christmas? Tomorrow. Tomorrow. Yes, same. <laughs> Not today. A lot of people started today. I started. I, well, I got rid of the. Uh, I got rid of the jack o' lanterns. I threw them in the swamp today, and then oh. uh, I took the candles out. I took the candles out. I didn't want to. You know, everything's biodegradable out there. I swear to God. I swear to God. It, it really is. I go. Yeah, the snapping turtles will have dinner, and so I threw the jack o' lanterns right. out in the swamp. All right. Of the fall fall time holidays, Halloween, Christmas, or Thanksgiving, which is your favorite? Christmas. Halloween. Both respectable answers. Nobody likes Thanksgiving. I like Thanksgiving. I just like Halloween more. Yeah. I like the Thanksgiving themed uh, TV shows. Oh, like yeah. those are my favorite those holiday nice. shows. Yeah, you're right. Those are nice. Favorite comedy of all time. Like a movie? Yes. Oh dear. Go ahead. Well, I immediately I thought of The Office. Even though that's that's a, show. a TV show. That's fine. We will take a I TV think that, show. Yeah. That counts. Jeez. That would that'll Reese. make. Oh, then, tra- then then fine. Trailer Park Boys. I was about to that's say fine. that would make Brittany really happy because The Office is one of her favorite shows. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. I love The Office. Trailer Park Boys is uh, it's just a, a separation from everything else. Yeah. Have either of you ever been starstruck? And who? And if you were, who put you that way? Go ahead. Yeah. Well, you know, my story, Snoop Dogg. Snoop Dogg. I met him yes. twice. Yeah, you did. <laughs> but the second time I went on his tour bus and I'm like, am I really on Snoop Dogg's tour bus? Oh my God. I think yeah. we need a whole nother episode about, about Liz on oh, yeah. the Snoop Dogg tour bus. No, it was, I mean, my friend Elena looks like Kim Kardashian and he picked her out of a crowd. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, well, I'm with her. So if she's going, obviously I'm going. So we went on the tour bus, and they were. Then I met him years later, and I looked him dead in the eye, and I go, "Did you try to have sex with my wife?" <laughs> hey. Oh my God. 
we were at the we were at the facility before COVID. This is well before COVID. I go, hey, 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 nice meeting you. Would you try to do my wife? <laughs> no, he was into Elena. I was looking at her sister like, is this really happening? But nothing happened. It's like the plot of a TV show. I know. He did text her like a couple of years later. She's like, hey, Snoop, I have three kids. So. <laughs> That's amazing. Was his response was make sure they're not mine? They were, right. No, nothing ever happened. So. <laughs> uh, I would say uh, I get very, oh, God, this is embarrassing. I get very nervous interviewing broadcasters. Uh, Jim Nance, uh, Ian Eagle. Uh, Joe Tate, we had Joe Tate on one time. Jeff Phelps basically set the whole thing up. I, Joe Tate made me do the impression of Joe Tate to Joe Tate. <laughs> I was very nervous about that, yeah. Well, I can understand that because they're in the same industry, and so if you mess up or if you ask a bad question, they're going to know. So I mm-hmm. completely I completely understand that. Mm-hmm. All right, this is a hard one. <laughs> Favorite fast food restaurant. Taco Bell. Taco Bell. Oh, wow. You guys, there was no hesitation there. No. So this You go was... to the one in Kent, though. We, yeah. You got to get the quality. You go to the Kent one. Is it attached have you ever, to a Pizza Hut? Have you ever done the Cantina downtown? No. No. So I, I've i never actually been... Actually, no, I think I went inside once just to get uh, fire sauce. But it's really <laughs> nice. I'm sorry, did you order something or you just said I need some fire sauce packets? <laughs> I just went in and asked for fire sauce. Oh my you God. gotta get the fire sauce in you. <laughs> it's my favorite. Yeah. It's so good. Um, so this was a this was a question sent to us by Brittany for the final rapid fire question was why don't you like sweet potatoes when they're literally a dessert vegetable? <laughs> so gross. <laughs> so gross. They taste like earwax. No. <laughs> Done. No, but the casserole with the marshmallows. No, I don't care. You can put as many marshmallows and sugar all over you want. I ain't eating that garbage. They're so good. I don't like it when people make them healthy. Like, oh, put it with a slice of sweet potato and Brussels sprouts. Go away. Unless there are marshmallows on top. I'm not not part of that. Really gruel. Would you ever do a sweet potato pie? Never Oh, that sounds worse. So that's, it's a very Southern thing. I learned about sweet potato pie when I lived in Tennessee, and that's what they do instead of pumpkin pie at Thanksgiving. Oh, Ugh, how God. strange. Yeah, I literally had never heard of it until I moved to the South. <laughs> yeah, maybe that, yeah, not. They can, they can keep that there. there. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Sorry. you too. Well, we really, really appreciate you guys joining our show tonight. The wonderful Ken Carmen and his wife, Liz. Thank, Thank you so much. I had so much fun. Let's do it again. Hopefully after the season, we won't be going over like a dead body of the season. It'll actually <laughs> yeah, be a good time. I agree. We can kick off some, we can have some Cavs chat. That yeah, yeah, we'll have you on for some Cavs chat. Maybe uh, once, if if we have baseball and they're not in, in a lockout, maybe we can do some baseball too. All right. Well, thank, thank you, you so both. much, Ken and Liz. Thank you so much. All right, everyone, that wraps up the episode for this evening. We want to thank Ken and Liz again for joining our show. That was a fun conversation, especially after a miserable Brown Steelers game on Sunday. We hope you guys all enjoyed it. Again, you can find us on Apple iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, however you listen to your podcast streaming platforms. Shoot us a tweet. We'd love to hear from you. Bye, guys.